You listen to That'll Preach. Welcome back. We are here. Uh, I'm Brian. I'm with Paul Rescala, my co-host. He's actually, uh, it's been a while, Paul. You've been traveling around the world. International man of mystery, as your Tinder profile says. <laughs> bachelor of philosophy and bachelor of love. Something like that. That uh, it, sounds, it sounds a lot more interesting and, and elegant than you make it out to be. That's true. That's true. People can't see this. (laughs) Yeah, people can't see this, but Paul is actually podcasting with a pipe and a silk robe (laughs) sitting by a fire. (laughs) The silk robe sounds so creepy. (laughs) That is creepy. That is creepy. This is supposed to be family friendly, Brian. No, that's right. That's right. This is supposed to be family friendly (laughs) programming. Uh, So we'll just quickly move on. But look, you know, one of the things we try to do, we've got this uh, fun little series we have called Talk to Me Like I'm Five, which is basically how Paul talks to me most exactly. of the time. Exactly. That's right. And I still don't understand him. <laughs> and the whole idea behind Talk to Me Like I'm Five was we wanted to take these complicated ideas and break them down so that, you know, a five-year-old could understand it. Now, that might be a little ambitious unless you have like a super genius five-year-old, but uh, what we've done differently is actually uh, we started to crowdsource some of these questions. So we're actually going to have... Real questions from real <laughs> five-year-olds, or really maybe four to eight-year-olds, and they're going to be what uh, prompts our uh, our discussion. I'm, so, picture, I'm uh, picturing you with like a like a room of five-year-olds, and you're just sitting there with like a pen and notepad, like fielding questions. That's that's kind of like what it's going to be. <laughs> so so that's that that'll be it. That'll be the goal of this. But uh, first question, I'm going to play the clip. We actually have a recording of a girl asking us a question. And we'll try to tackle it. So here's the clip. How do we know that God is real, but we know that he, that he made the trees, but um, did he really make those things or is that, or did it happen some other way? Okay, so it sounds like she's asking two questions. The first one is, is God, is God like, how do we, well, how do we know if God is real? And that's yeah. connected to, I guess there's a question about does God, did God make the trees or were they made some other way? Yeah. So they're really good questions. Yeah, it is. It is. It's a pretty deep question. So maybe we'll ta- tackle them, you know, each one at a time. So the first one will be is God, or how do we know that God is real? Um, yeah. And that's a, we, we can't know. So anyway, next question. <laughs> no. <laughs> I think, well, I think, yeah. What I think do you think? To, ultimately, we have to say that we, we do know, and if we're approaching this from a Christian perspective, then uh, scripture teaches us that God is real. We see from the world that God is real. The Holy Spirit in our lives shows us that God is real through the church and the community and the sacraments and the life of the church, all this stuff and uh, the goodness of, of families and your parents and the testimony that they give you about God's work in their lives and God's work in your lives and God's work in their ancestors and generations back. Like, I don't, we don't have to sort of go a very hardcore concrete, like, unless we can see it in a test tube sort of way, it's not real. But yeah, there's lots of experiential forms of evidence. There's lots of scriptural forms of evidence. There's the Holy Spirit bearing witness in your life. And so all those things, I think, make a cumulative case for God being real. And may- maybe not all of them are going to be equally compelling to everyone. And maybe for someone it's, you know, I 
I look at a tree or I look at a waterfall, I look at beauty in the world. And from there, I see that God is real. Or maybe it's someone else. It's just, I grew up in a Christian home and my parents taught this to me, or my grandma was faithful and she showed me that God is real. Like, I don't, I don't it's not going to be like a one size fits all, but I think, uh, like, I don't, we, we could begin with sort of just, there's lots of different ways here. There's, there's not a, a neat, tidy package. God has sort of given us lots of different avenues to explore his existence and his relationship to creation. Well, I think there's a, a deeper question than this though, like, or maybe not a deeper one, but like, I, I think she's asking, like, I, I can't see God. Mm. I can't touch him. I can't hear him. Uh, I, I can't, he doesn't seem tangible to me and everything I know in my life, I can touch, I can see, I can taste, I can hear. Mm. So those things that normally I use to determine whether something's real or not, I can't. I can't use for God, right? I think that's a very basic question. It's a really good question. And I think you have to start with, you know, one, what if God is not like creation? What if God is completely different from creation? And it would make sense. If God created all things, then he's going to be different than the things that he created, right? And that means that we're not going to know him the same way we know the things that he created, right? Uh, to touch or to smell or to taste something means that something is physical or tangible, but God is a spirit, right? And But there are other things that we know that are true that we can't see, taste, or touch, like math or truths about logic. So there are still some things that we believe that are real, and we believe that they're real, but we, don't, we can't put them under a microscope. We can't uh, taste them, hear them, anything like that. Look at but you being all philosophical. I am so proud of you. Yeah, this there we go. There how, we go. How, how the turns have tabled. <laughs> well, it takes a five-year-old to know a five-year-old. But uh, yeah, that's really yeah. Good. So I think one, it's it's starting with the assumption that you can only know things are real if you can taste, touch, see, hear them, and that's not true because there's already things that we can't tangibly taste or touch or feel that we know that are true, like um, love, like like love, justice, yeah. like yeah, hmm? yeah, and. Uh, so again, it's a question of what is God actually like? He, he's not like another thing in the universe. But, uh, and we use this illustration all the time. You oh, know, yeah. it's the relationship between an author and a character in a story, mm -hmm. right? An author is a different class. It's not even a class, but it's just a completely separate and different from the characters in a story. It's mm -hmm. on two levels. And uh, the characters in a story, know each other in a different way that they'll know the author. But how are they gonna know that an author exists? By the things that he writes into the story, right? And I think that's why you can see through creation, just like the words of a story reflect the mind of an author, so the creation reflects the mind of God. And so things like beauty, we can follow them and go, oh, I feel this is beautiful, or this gives me a sense of beauty and awe, like you were saying, Paul. Well, that's because it's sourced in the source of all beauty, which is God. So you can kind of work your way up from the things that are made back to God. And Romans chapter one tells us that. And I think that kind of leads into the question that she was asking about trees, which mm. it's actually a very good question. Um, does I, I God make think, trees? Yeah. Yeah. It's like, on, on the one hand, it's like, does God take like heavenly putty and carve out or mold a tree and they just stick it in the ground every time? Or does he create a seed and he just sticks into the ground? Like, is he directly doing things every single day? Is he, is he, every day he's got to set an alarm so he knows to move the sun? 
which is ironic because I don't know what he would anyway, how he would track the time. But but, you know, it's sort of like <laughs> is God God doing these things directly? Because I think you learn in your science class, it's like, well, no, trees come from seeds and seeds come because actually how do I mean what they, the like pine cones? I don't know. I, I forget <laughs> forget all that stuff. But you know what I mean? I mean, it's kind of like segment well, just gives gives us opportunities to show how little we actually know. About yeah, things. I did not pay attention in science class, but it's kind of like, OK, if God is real and he's creating things, but like we're learning that things are created in other ways. How does that work together? You know, um, how, how can we uh, how do we know that God is real? Um, when it seems like we can explain everything through other means. Um, so, so basically, there's no heavenly putty, is what you're trying to say. There's no heavenly putty. <clears throat> that's right. like that's that's the that's the 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 chain, like your new chain of evangelical children's toys. Well, again, it's like you see a tree grow, and it's like, well, God made that tree, and you're like, but wait a minute, I I planted that seed, I, I saw it, and we bought it at the store, we stuck it in the ground. I didn't see. Maybe God made it when I was sleeping. Like, what's going on? Mm. And again, that's assuming that God is. Some as, is, is part of our creation or is it's right. just another thing that exists rather than the person who transcends all things. So, um, but I don't know, maybe you take a stab at that. How do we talk about how, how, who, who makes the trees, Paul? I think, yeah. So, so we can say that God makes the trees and like, like you said, I think we need to move away from thinking about God as just a, um, as another sort of cause or thing in the world that that produces trees and what i mean by that is this so it's not like it's not like god is going in and every single act uh is a miracle so it's not like every single time a tree uh comes about it's because god like sticks his metaphorical finger into the world and like moves some pine cones and whatever photosynthesis and all the complicated science stuff and then a tree comes about but uh scripture talks about like God sustaining and conserving and all of reality holding together by God's power and by God's word. And so I think the, the best way to understand God's creation is, is through what we see in Jeremiah, this passage, um, I, I knit you together in your mother's womb. So we think about babies in the mother's womb. We want to say that God is involved in that process and God, God knits babies together in the womb. But what that doesn't mean is God like physically takes out like little sewing needles or whatever and knits together the baby in the womb, there are natural processes and we can study those in, in, in medicine and physiology and embryology. And uh, it, it's a beautiful, coherent, natural process. But that doesn't mean that God's not thoroughly involved in that in a way that we don't see and can't describe as easily. God, God is ensuring that that whole process works um, in the way that it does. So it's not, I think one way to put it is God is not competing with nature when things are created. When a tree is made, God is not competing with a natural force. God's not competing with the sun or the soil or the pine seeds or whatever goes into the creation of the, the tree. God is working in and through those things. And those things wouldn't be able to do what they do unless God gave them those powers and was sustaining them and conserving them. And if, if God wasn't willing the tree come about when it did and so all this sort of thing again i think falling back on that author character analogy uh in 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 tolkien in the world of middle earth or lewis in the world of narnia um creatures do their thing but they only do their thing because 
the author is writing it to be that way. And so it's not like Lewis writes himself as a character into the work and causes things that way. Lewis is the book and the pen and the paper that holds the whole story together. And his mind holds everything together. Nothing can happen without Lewis wanting it to be a certain way versus another way. And so that thinking about God is just sort of a radically different thing. God is outside of our playing field. God is God is the, the paper and the pen and the book that holds the story together. God is the mind that's giving everything its own ability to cause and move and have a power of creation. So if Lucy in Narnia says something or does something, at the same time, C.S. Lewis is saying something and doing something, yeah. but they're not competing. It's not right. like 75% of the time it's C.S. Lewis and 25% is Lucy, but it's 100% Lewis and 100% Lucy at the same time because Lewis has a different relationship to Lucy as an author to a character than Lucy does to, what's another character in Narnia? <laughs> Aslan, Peter. Peter, Prince yeah, Caspian. to Peter, yeah, yeah. I, I, uh, you know what, look. You've never read I'm just Narnia, gonna, right? I, I'm gonna come clean. I tried to read Narnia. I didn't grow up with it. It's kind of just, uh, I was kind of <laughs> bored, kind of bored. You know, it's like friends. Just lost. Every it's like friends. Single... Every, every I know. It's like friends. Everybody says they like it, and it's actually a little overrated. Friend, not friend, as funny friends as is actual think. garbage. Don't don't you dare put oh, on the same level as Narnia. <laughs> whoa, we, this is this is own podcast. Now, uh, guys, listen. If you're listening to this, <laughs> we're not actually making this for five year olds. So, <laughs> if we're getting a little heady, it's just a springboard. But maybe if you listen to something we say, it'll help you distill it for your own kid and you can help them talk about it. We don't have kids, so we're just ignorant. We just say whatever we want. <laughs> we don't have to deal with that. So, but um, yeah, that's, that's a, it's a great question that we had. I think I really do love kids can kind of ask those insightful questions that you're like, oh, I actually never oh, thought yeah. about it like that. Yeah, they really make But uh, we got a bunch more coming. And if you have a really inquisitive child and they've got some funny, uh, uh, quips or or maybe not quips but questions you can dm us at uh, that'll preach podcast our uh, instagram handle and we'll see if we can get to it um, but that's it for today thank you for joining us and we'll be back next week 